Welcome to Loud Friends. My name is Zach. I'm angry. And this is Mike Egan, as always. Mike, how are you doing? It's me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sonic. Happy birthday to you and many more. It's Sonic the Hedgehog's birthday today. He's 30 years old. What kind of cake did you make, Sonic? And does it have? Why is it a chili uh, cheese dog uh, cake? Chili cheese dog, cream cheese dog cake. Cream cheese dog. Um, <laughs> don't ask and don't tell. And happy birthday, Sonic. Um, as long as I've known you, you've been the Sonic man. <laughs> You're, That's me. This is. It's like it's a core part of your brand. And um, I would like to give you the opportunity to. Tell yeah. your Sonic story because I'm not sure if I exactly know the oh. the full origins of why exactly you do appreciate this this blue little weird guy because um I will say I have played the older Sonics I don't have a particular attachment to him so I would uh, I would love to hear your hear you spout your appreciations onto him for his birthday yeah um, it's funny you should mention that because I just published a video doing just that thing. Uh, for Sonic's 30th birthday, I, I spent a good chunk of yesterday and today uh, writing and filming and editing my Sonic story. Um, an abridged version, I guess, is uh, it's kind of my first video game memory is playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Uh, we were um, we were gifted a Sega Genesis from our next door neighbors uh, as a hand me down. And the only game it came with was Sonic the Hedgehog, first Sonic the Hedgehog game. Um, And I mean, that being the only video game we owned, like I played it endlessly. And like, that's where I learned video games, like all of the video game trappings, basically, of like side scrolling, jumping, like learning that video game physics feel different and like, you know, how to defeat a boss, the different rule sets, basically. Um, so it's part of that. That That's part of it. Um, but like it stuck with me over the years, partly through happenstance, I guess, because I had a group of friends in elementary school who were really into Sonic and like we would play pretend Sonic on the playground together. Um, I was always Tails. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they would always like bring like strategy guides in that we would look at together at recess and like pour over the the details. Um, but I mean, they, they also did that with other video games. It's just that Sonic, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just like stuck with me a little bit more. He, he speaks to me. It's hard to explain. I, I go into like a little bit more of the philosophy why in this video essay that I made, but, um, his his whole ethos, I just kind of uh, dig, and that's also partly that like people uh, people beat on him a lot, and yeah, fair, yeah, he's got a long history of uh, kind of being a punching bag. He does, and and I feel that that's unfair. So the Sonic Defender has logged on. Head on over to YouTube.com/slash/EganWorks. Check out check out my Sonic uh, <laughs> defending video. And here's why Sonic R is fine, actually. <laughs> I've never played Sonic R. I haven't either. It looks cool. Um, you talking about playing pretend with like 
an existing video game IP like took me back to when like me and my cousin oh, yeah. would do that with like Diablo two classes. Oh yeah. And they would always be a barbarian. I would always be a necromancer and just like that, that playing p- pretend of an existing kind of like a uh, world that you've interacted with. Um, that hits home. That's, that's a, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a, a distant, but very close uh, childhood memory. Yeah. My, my sister and I did that a lot with, um, Digimon and I mean basically anything that we were even vaguely interested in like that would become the flavor of the week of course do you know how old you were when you started playing Sonic I I think it was probably 98 or 99 so I was probably five or six mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I like I had played like Pac-Man at a pizza place before but like that's more of a novelty than like your first home console game that you own and like you can play into the wee hours of the night, you know? Oh, of course. Right. It, so. Like it's, it, it's totally different when it feels like a mainstay of, like you said, your household, right? Something yeah. you can rely on being there and something you can right. also like that has a little bit more depth than a Pac-Man where, yeah, right. You know, there's, there's a lot more, uh, just kind of surface level, like gamey game bullshit with Pac-Man. Not to say Sonic, the old time doesn't have that, but like there's more of a world there, right? Yeah. Um, right. Totally. Like it has zones. It has a, a, a through line of, you know, the bad guy. Um, yeah, it's and like, I, I may or may not have played uh, super Mario world on my aunt's super Nintendo before that. And like, maybe I don't, I don't know if I would have like gone to friends houses where they had video games yet at that point, but like this was still our house's first, you know, console and first video game. So that was special. Why well, speaking of video games, it's going to be a really front loaded, uh, video game episode. Um, strap the fuck in our gamers are less than timely, uh, E3 impressions. <laughs> Truly by the time this goes up, no one will be thinking about E3. <laughs> Listen, we are, it's on our minds, and we have to um, expel it from our brains like a virus, like a specter, so that we can move on with our lives. And at this point, a stale specter as well, because again, you, dear listener, will not have been thinking about E3 for at least a week. Um, And for reference, E3 happened for us, we were in the thick of it about a week ago, I believe. Um, That sounds right. So... I guess let's just kind of we can just go back and forth on this. I mean, what was what yeah. was your E3 experience like this year? I mean, I know it was uh for a lot of reasons very different than the usual. Yes. Um I feel I like I mean not very different. Really? It, yeah, it was always just like watching video streams. Like I never went to E3. Sure, but um I feel like this year's the first kind of more distinct departure away from either like this is the first time where i've had less unified yeah i had to go to multiple sources to figure out when everything was happening right um yeah and also it it was uh, we mentioned this on last pod i think was it felt so much more slapdash this time around because like again even like people whose job it is to like cover these things and make money off of publishing words and thoughts on websites about it did not know like maybe two weeks before the week happened when everyone's stuff was happening 
when all these yeah. companies were presenting. Yeah, dates and times came in real hot, it seems like. Um, there was that whole thing where um, the, the ESA, which is the governing body that like puts on the show of E3 itself, like put out an app and it had its issues that we talked about last week. So yeah, there was a lot where it, 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 you know, they had a, a year really to think about how this should be done. And I don't know, it all, I guess it all kind of slipped right down to the end. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, uh, for better, for worse, gone are the days of, you know, watching this on like a pseudo live broadcast now. Right. Um, it's almost tough because it doesn't, I think there was something to the spectacle of having these presentations be like live in an auditorium somewhere where you could feel kind of like the crowd's excitement and kind of like have an audience. Yeah. And watch weird high level people try to make the pitch on their life's work yeah right no that yeah and like uh uh, having that one person in the crowd who was always just hyped out of their fucking mind for elder scrolls online just just screaming at the top of their lungs just way too much yeah yeah i i will miss uh i will miss that i mean i don't mean you know maybe it's a thing we do again I mean, it could be there. There could maybe, be some like a, a different take or reincarnation. Like, who knows what Keeley's yeah. thing is going to look like in a year or two, right? right? Um, yeah, but it could be a thing of like in a year, depending on how things look and feel. People are just really high on being in a room together and like getting a crowd in front of things, and so we just like do that as much as possible, right? And the, who knows if. So it's obvious this year that COVID caught up to games, like productivity-wise, right? Like you can right, kind of tell yeah. that the showings from everyone overall were like diminished by maybe like 30% compared right. to the usual big hits you get out of an E3 week. So who knows if next year it roars back and happens to dovetail with, you know, like uh, Studios Productivity is kind of ramping back to full staff as well um but also i don't know i don't see the incentive from bigger companies to like throw the money to like fork over a bunch of cash to you know the esa to to make that happen when we already know they can just put out a video and everyone will ingest it more or less the same way right exactly it's it's it would have to be a thing of like ideologically we all agree that E3 needs to exist for reasons A, B, and C. And I don't know that I see that happen. I don't either. I, I don't think there's that clear of a consensus. Yeah. I, I, in some ways, I think it's a shame because you lose some, like maybe some spark of communal, you know, like sharing the stage together. But also, like, we all, like, you and I certainly watch all of these presentations separately in the spaces uh that we prefer like with the voices that we want to hear covering these things so we're, we're never going to lose that as long as like we have these places that we like to to watch things so like where, wherever it occurs whatever form e3 takes you know you'll still have those personalities 
covering these things. Right. I think no matter what, we're still always going to have the the annual summer game announcement thing. Um, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense. It's a it's a good time to announce things. The holidays are a good couple months away. It's a good way to get people like informed, hyped, while also like giving yourself room to pump the brakes if you need to. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, where where do you want to start? Because I I don't have this really broken down by like different companies presentations i don't know if it made sense yeah. to really do it like that like that's a little everyone's gonna get that take of like quote unquote like who won either like nobody won e3 this no year. yeah and i think it's more interesting if we just talk about the things that you know pull out a few things here and there that we thought looked really cool absolutely well speaking of cool let's uh let's start off with something that absolutely did not look cool did you see any of square enix's guardians of the galaxy stuff I no, I did not. I skipped. I skipped that whole thing. Yeah, I missed it. Um, it was on a day. I think it was, that was on. Um, shoot, was that on? I don't remember what day that was, but I had family things uh, that I was doing. I had like an all day video call with people, and so long ago. I. I mean, I. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of what day it happened on, I heard about it after the fact, and I was just. I just beast on that. Do you I was know, like, I don't need to sit through that. Would you like to take a guess at how long? They do you know how long they spent on Guardians of the Galaxy? If I had to take a guess, I would say an educated guess, 45 minutes. Of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. No, 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 no. That's no, what, okay. That's okay. That, that'd be like the whole conference. But it was That would, yeah, that would be. But true. it was 18 minutes up front of Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> that Square Enix spent time. So I was a little on. off. And it looks I mean, it looks roughly equivalent to what the fucking Marvel game is. Sort of. I mean, it's not the same kind right. of concept, but like, it's the same amount of milk toast, whatever that a licensed a game, game has. Yeah, and and there wasn't. It wasn't even. They repeated some footage too in that eighteen minutes. So I don't. Oh. So I don't know what was going on. It didn't look particularly okay. remarkable. I just need to say that Guardians of the Galaxy looks kind of ass. Like. It was yeah. such a strange choice. I mean, when you got nothing, I guess you got to show what you got. What else did they show off? They had um, uh, Final Fantasy Origins. Yeah, and they reminded everybody that Legend of Mana was getting released soon. Um, right, still. There's, they teased, I think they teased like putting mobile ready versions of like the first six final fantasy games out right uh, like android Pixel and ios remasters. yeah and then i think another like uh the studio that made like the suikoden games i don't know if you have ever heard of those like from back in the day i remember those I know as, the name I, know. I remember them as being just like esoteric like playstation jrpgs um and I played one of them when I was younger. I remember the story being really good, but also I was seven, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I wasn't expecting a whole lot from Square Enix, and that's basically what yeah. I got. But also, I'm I'm not super aligned, like just with what that company puts out. Usually, I'm not in right. tune with the Final Fantasies necessarily. So, how did Final Fantasy Origins go over? Did that feel like big and momentous, or no? <laughs> Um, no, it okay. was it was made fun of because they said chaos like seven times during sure, the trailer. Yeah, and yeah. the dude is dressed like a fucking 
yeah guy he's just a guy yeah he's just kind of got a shirt which is an interesting yeah. choice for for uh, final fantasy's aesthetic yeah tetsuya nomura has has come all the way back around on his fashion design yeah but yeah i don't know if i, I don't know if i have too much more to say about that like the yeah the origins nah. stuff people were kind of like iffy about it i think there was a demo that got put out i have no idea how it's being received i Maybe. like i think the aesthetic was looked all right enough but it also it didn't look like it was supposed to be on like a ps5 <laughs> like at all oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. like that sort of thing so um yeah so uh maybe they just really got caught out and just should not <laughs> have done this i don't know it could be right i like i i could i could believe that 100 because it felt like it oh boy did it feel yeah. like it well that's square enix um yeah i didn't see anything there that that really interested me yeah also i wanted to mention i i caught all of my uh e3 coverage through uh waypoint speaking of things being slapdash who launched waypoint plus and then suddenly were able to stream again so suddenly went and said hey we're streaming all of e3 yeah it like so, really some things were missed they, they didn't catch every event so i didn't catch every event i still have to go back and watch a couple of things that i heard were really good that i did not watch um but yeah i i caught most of the rest of it i did watch a couple of theirs uh, of the conferences through through them um they teamed up with uh nextlander a bunch yes yeah um it was a good time yeah i also feel cool. like you could tell that they hadn't done stuff like this in a while which is yeah. fine uh <laughs> no it was fun it was a, it was a good vibe it was like all the, all the waypoint folks traveled to new york to be together so that was mm-hmm. just nice to to see everybody in the same room like hanging out and bouncing off each other right absolutely all right uh your turn um if we're i think enix was the same day as microsoft let's talk did you see uh that stalker trailer i did uh after the fact yes okay i i've not played any stalker games i have vaguely been interested in them here and there i have not seen andre tarkovsky's stalker but um this game looks cool as hell yeah the the format of the trailer seemed pretty cool where it um oh yeah i i loved the whole like storytelling around a campfire conceit and then flashing to like bits of gameplay right yeah i i thought that was great um it also looks like it isn't just shoot guy kill man again uh just another shoot guy kill man game this is what i'm calling shoot guy kill man is is that's a, a mike egan or, original uh it looked like it, like there were there was a part in that trailer where you flip out some kind of weird looking device with an antenna on it and you're throwing out like little bolts and and testing like if it's okay to step in certain areas and like you're you're watching like animals and bits of debris get whisked away in these like invisible radioactive tornadoes that looked sick as hell yeah it, it seems to i mean it, it seems like it's scratching the maybe survival immersive sim itch that that you have i feel so perhaps yes. i also so i want to go back on our definition of immersive sim because i feel like it also might just be a first person shooter in which you're not just exclusively shoot guy kill manning yeah is that ba- yeah i feel but, like that's yeah. basically it i think that's probably fair yeah because most of them are also like you do shoot guy kill man sometimes but i think also maybe part of it is also that you don't have to there's usually some kind of like 
stealth or otherwise nonviolent element to it. Like you can play through this entire game without killing anybody. That's usually maybe that's a more modern uh, uh, element of an immersive sim, but that I feel like that's usually part of the the soup. Yes, where it gives you alternate options than what you would typically do in a first person shooter. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. That that helps me contextualize them a lot better, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. But also there are emails. <laughs> you got to read the emails. There are things to read. Or audio logs. Um, or audio logs. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't necessarily put Bioshock in there. So I think we're still on solid ground. Do you think Bioshock is not an immersive sim? I think Bioshock is not an immersive sim. It is mostly a shoot man kill guy. Yes. Though. I don't care about Bioshock that much to actually talk about Bioshock. I played that no. first game and it was 30% too long, but otherwise pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only Bioshock I have played is infinite. So weird. Yeah. Moving of, on of all the ones. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, I want to, okay. I'm going to mention a couple really quick that I don't have a lot to like say about, but yeah. I just want to bring up. Um, I've never played a Shin Megami Tensei one, but the Shin Megami Tensei five that uh, Nintendo threw out, you go to hell, you make friends with demons and you can combine your demon friends. And it looks like it's got kind of, it like, it looks like it's kind of copying on uh, Undertale a little bit. Cause they're like, Hey, you can have conversations with the demons and based on how you respond, they will be friends with you if you want. Right. Um, so that, that game just has like systems that scratch the itch in my brain where I'm, I see the combining of monsters and I'm thinking about like monster rancher two for the PlayStation where you could right. do the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that looked pretty. Yeah, that was a cool looking demo. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's a whole light versus evil, like angels and demons bullshit thing that I'm totally down for. Yeah. And then Metal Slug Tactics is interesting looking. They're just taking Ooh, that yeah. IP and making a tactics game, and that sounds great. Um, I'm into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I played those. Those, you know, originally they're more side scrolling kind of like contra-esque like shooter games right um but hey as long as this keeps the ip alive that's fine um yeah now let's hop back over to you what's uh what the hell okay. is phantom abyss Ooh, yeah um phantom abyss is one that i am more excited about i i think it might be out on early access on steam today as we're recording this mm. um it's it's a game where you are an Indiana Jones type fella. You have a whip and you're exploring dungeons and or temples, I guess, whatever. Um, and the gimmick is the dungeons are proc gen. And as you go through them, only one person can ever complete them. So once you complete a dungeon and like grab the relic at the end, that dungeon is sealed off forever. And you're the only person to have ever completed it. Right. And this is taking the format of kind of like a like a 3D like platformer kind of right where yeah. you're kind of avoiding right, right, right. traps and such right yeah you can use your whip to like hop up to ledges and presumably hit switches I, i've watched a little bit of gameplay on uh on twitch some folks that i follow um got early code for it um it looks really cool hmm. um also as you're going through each dungeon like a handful of ghosts of people who are concurrently going through the dungeon with you are showing up and they can also activate traps. So you kind of have to like 
watch out for what they're doing, but also they can clue you in like Dark Souls esque, uh, like like things phantoms. you shouldn't do. Maybe yeah, yeah, right. I don't think that you can interact uh, with the ghosts or they with you mm. in any other way than like setting off traps. But um, yeah, this uh, it looks like fun. It looks like a game that I could get into losing a bunch of time to. Yeah, and the concept too is super novel as well. Like this is one of those like really experimental like push a genre like a genre in a boundary that feels yeah. like it hasn't really had the guts to do before but insofar as i think there are other games where like world states are not always persistent or there's a little bit of like uh how do i want to say this there's an impermanence to how the world works that means based on when you're playing it or like certain conditions of the world, they're not going to quite be the same when you come back, but in a serious way and having it be like, yeah, when the dungeons are done, they're done and that's it. Um, right. We'll just whip up new ones and, and you go. And so it's kind of this yeah. weird, like asynchronous multiplayer game, right? Where you're yeah. not, the way that you're interacting with other people is not super direct, but it, they're still conveying information to you. Yeah, which I guess maybe is a little bit how kind of Dark Souls is somewhat like there are options to interfere with sure. other people's games much more directly. But yeah, you can you can play that whole thing solo. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about I'm curious about a lot with this game. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how that all feels like over time and what sort of staying power that has. Like, does it does it feel good to know that you're the only person to complete like like does that ephemerality feel meaningful you know right and how do they do they represent that in the game in a way that um feels like good or like has a, a social status like representation in there that makes you right. feel proud or make you want to stay in that in that game right yeah. because I, I could just as easily see it be a novelty thing right like th this could be a thing where you know, kind of slowly loses steam as it's in early access, or maybe it comes out and everyone's all about it for like two weeks and then it kind of tapers off. But right. Yeah. That that's like, that's what I'm curious about. And and like, I don't know if there's any kind of narrative element or, or any sort of meta layer above that, like propelling you forward and, and keeping that going. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but it, it, it grabbed me and a bunch of streamers are, seem into it and some folks on twitter that i that i um respect seem to think it's cool so i will i will i'm down to probe more into it the concept in itself is super novel and i like i applaud totally. that yeah, yeah. like in a huge way uh yeah. i really appreciate yeah. that so phantom abyss that is i believe uh in early access right now cool there's another thing from nintendo's direct that uh was really cool to see and it's that they are there's going to be a remaster of the first two Advance War games. Yes. Which is really neat. Like, because I, I feel like um, I'm trying to just like think about earlier memories of Advance Wars and like why that game series feels so good. It, it feels like it, um, it brought the same kind of like not base building, but like a unit production that you get in a Starcraft to a Fire Emblem type game, right? Right. Where you have to, I, I don't know. There's something about that element of it that makes me appreciate it. That just clicks with me more than a fire emblem where there is like tactical strategy in a fire emblem, obviously, 
but it's not so much based off of like your unit choices and how you spend your resources to build a small like army to do stuff. So, so seeing that, um, that trailer is really cool. It seems like that's getting a good amount of love and they're calling it advanced wars reboot camp, which I think is just a really clever name. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that just looks great though. And I think that it's going to hopefully, you know, for the, for the people who maybe got into something like Wargroove and really enjoyed it, seeing what inspired Wargroove and kind of the, I'd be curious to see if it like stands the test of time. I think that game will, so it just feels like simple and like well conceived enough to have that yeah. have that kind of staying power. But um, I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, Advance Wars is very cool. It's one whose like name is still brought up by by people who were very into it in the in the GBA era. I've never played Advance Wars, mm. but it's it's one of those games that has been on my like adult list of if I ever see this in a game shop somewhere, I would love to like pick it up and and go back and play it so this is very exciting to me as well because i'm also very into tactics games and i did very much enjoy wargroove for a time and it is one of those ones too that i think is hard to find or there isn't like a newer like wargroove is the newer version of it that we have and that game is not the same exactly right i think particularly in some pieces of wargroove's campaign it just it falters like there are levels in that campaign it drags it it really does like i I fell off of wargroove yeah it was unfortunate i it's really beautiful but i would actually recommend if you um have you played the dlc for it no that dlc is fantastic like that if, oh if sick you, okay if you want like a and if you know if lauren's interested too it's a co-op like campaign as well oh right right okay so if if you want to try and wrangle her into playing that too um becca and i played through it and we had a blast. like it's it's a good just concentrated uh much better campaign than you know the the entire okay. rest of the the core campaign of that game in my opinion interesting i wonder if there was like that was due to feedback could be yeah i mean that that's a small studio making that game too and that thing right there's a lot of hype to live up with that thing too yeah totally yeah i'm excited for for the proper advance wars to return see how that lives up yeah is that getting that's getting like a proper like facelift yes no there's gonna be like 3d models of everything like completely redone um cool cool yeah and it 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 doesn't look it doesn't look hokey like it it looks proper and i don't think there's anything stylistically that looks like a flub to me just based on looking at that uh that trailer we we got a date on that, didn't we? Was that October? Ooh, I don't know. Could be. I think that was one of the ones that was actually coming out this year. Uh, December, December third. All right, this year. Let's keep it in the in the tactics sphere. <laughs> There's going to be a new uh, Mario and Rabbids game. Mm-hmm. I uh, it it this is one of those games that felt like a joke when it first came out and then all of a sudden people started absolutely raving about it uh and so i picked it up it's uh it's a switch game this was the one that um shigeru miyamoto talked about it on stage and then the like game director started crying in the audience a yep. few e3s ago yeah yeah it's a, very, uh, it's a very good moment and yeah i it's a fucking great game it's a really good like mini xcom if you're looking for um the best xcom to play on switch don't buy xcom 2 because it runs like ass buy this mm. instead it's a very good game 
Um, so I'm really excited that like it did well and like the uh, uh, critical acclaim that it it garnered sort of pulled through to uh, get it a sequel because I'm I'm very excited about more of that. Yeah, we own a copy of that first game, and I remember Becca played it a little bit. Um, it could be I mean it could be worth taking a look at like there I, I do like a tactics game and i've again everyone who i've talked to that's played it does recommend it so um it's great yeah no you should play it the new marion rabbits also one of the games that got leaked uh before e3 unfortunately as well that's right yeah. just before yeah yep yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, just that in starfield only the best yeah right and start like and starfield is nothing but yeah, what was the leak regarding Starfield that they were going to show a trailer? Because like Starfield, we knew it existed. Yeah, no, the leak was the trailer. The trailer went up like, I want to say like 20 minutes before the Xbox event. That's wild. Yeah. And it was nothing. It was a date. It was a date. We got a date. Right. But- and potentially, if you follow the right threads, a potential suggestion as to where the new elder scrolls could be held did you hear did you hear about this i i probably saw this headline in passing no what is this people combed the starfield trailer and someone found a tiny little etching on one of the consoles of one of the ships and the shape Uh of the etching looks like a particular region in uh it is a location in the Elder Scrolls universe, but it does look a lot like that island, and it could be nothing. But um, wow, okay. So it might have. It's just the picture comparison of it. It's one of those. How in the world did you see that? And, yeah, and also, oh, that is quite convincing. <laughs> well, then, I mean, that sounds that sounds like that could be something. Then. Yeah, I mean, if it's small and out of the way to that degree but also if you look at it right there it is maybe there's something to it i don't know you're a space game guy do you feel anything about about starfield no okay (laughs) no i mean maybe it comes out and it's great but like i've played skyrim and i've played uh fallout 4 and i think i'm okay right that's yeah Skyrim is one of those things that I love to appreciate via other people. I will watch mm. Becca play that game and just get to regions that I've like quest lines I've never seen or even thought of before. Right. Yeah. And me not having to do any of the work makes that that's that's like the part of the deal that has to be held up for me to want to like tolerate that particular type of high fantasy world. Right. Um like when I know that Bethesda games in in that whole like the inner circle you know uh of uh uh uh, fallout and elder scrolls and starfield is being pitched as very much part of that yeah like triad uh knowing that those like exist in the sphere of the more game there is the more bang for your buck you're getting and like this is a time sink isn't that great i just get tired thinking about what playing that game might be like so i don't get excited for it now right and it's i mean it's probably gonna be made in the same goddamn engine too right so like the fun, I mean, the fun issues you have in fallout 4 are gonna exist as well yeah. in starfield and it's gonna 
it's going to feel like that same flavor. It's like, it's like, you know how every Jimmy John sandwich kind of tastes the same mostly (laughs) because they're constrained to these ingredients. It's like that, right? Like there's going to be different, you know, dusting of, you know, flavor or pastiche on top of it, but right. It's still going to be constrained to that engine that you've been feeling for the last decade. So yeah, I I don't know how to get excited about that. It's funny. I probably stopped eating Jimmy John sandwiches around the same time that I stopped playing those Bethesda games. <laughs> Jimmy John's was great in college. Oh yeah. L- but, listen, uh, when I was, I, I just traveled to my folks recently. I went out on a, a golf outing on a hot day and I knew as soon, like I, I grabbed a, a Jimmy John sandwich going their way, knowing that I would need something in my stomach at noon and it did the job. Yeah. And it was, like you know what you're getting a $7 veggie sub and it was fine. Like that's fine. Yeah. yeah. It, it absolutely works. And that's Bethesda. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know if that's fair, but yeah. Um, speaking of underwhelming space games, uh, there was a trailer for Halo Infinite and have you seen it? No, I, I don't think you have to. Okay. <laughs> I think it, I missed um, that part of. Yeah, I didn't catch the end of Microsoft. It's um, so I didn't see any of Halo's. I mean, it's not stuff. it's not at all surprising, but it is. It's just doing more of that. Like, it's such a big franchise that I don't, I don't know what to like what to expect from that anymore. And I'm not like a huge Halo guy, but I was mildly interested just because it's such a momentous franchise, right? Like, you yeah. want to know what something this big is going to be bringing to the table with its next installment, especially since it's been so long since a halo games come out. Right. And what the trailer shows is that like, I guess you're looking for Cortana or something. There's a new AI that's going to help you do that. And I did see this. Yeah. And there's, and then they just showed like, and it just exited my brain. It just, then they showed the sizzle reel of like, like the multiplayer mode. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause they're putting out free to play multiplayer. That is, yeah, the, I forgot that it's a free to play thing too. That's actually kind of a, that's actually kind of a good move, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, actually, yes, no, I did catch all of Microsoft. God, my, my brain is spaghetti and E3 is like the water passing through the sieve. I don't know. Well, if anything, I think it just, it says that if you already forgot about it, there was really nothing too remarkable to remark on for Halo Infinite. For me, the story is, wow, there's not really much here that I think is worth paying attention to. I will probably still play it, though, because what the uh, Microsoft Showcase did get me excited about was Game Pass. Mm. So I'm thinking about getting Game Pass now. Game Pass is a very, very good deal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot coming to game pass and already on game pass Mm -hmm. apparently it'll be exclusive to game pass so yeah like if i do get that i'm definitely gonna try playing some some halo infinite wait halo infinite's gonna be exclusive to game pass are you just saying that they're not exclusive to no not exclusive isn't what i mean what do i mean um oh like all all the trailers ended with play it day one on game pass okay they'll be debuting on on game pass alongside Mm -hmm. everything else I did, I did not mean exclusive to Game Pass, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, that would that'd be a choice, though. That would be weird, yeah. Um, what did get me uh, excited? Did you see 
it was a, a quick little nothing trailer for a game called Contraband. Mm. It looked cool. Um, it opens, they're playing Steely Dan. And it's just like a camera panning over like a map. And then it pans over um, a couple of instant photos with uh, written underneath it are uh, cooperative open world. I don't think I saw uh, this. So it looks like it looks like a co-op open world heist game, mm. which sounds interesting. And like the vibes have me. They've ensnared me with their steely Dan. I do like I, I do like the, the kind of heist genre. I haven't you know, I haven't played a whole lot of like heisty games. What comes to mind is um, is uh, it's payday? on. Is that yes, payday? payday. Yeah, payday, too. I remember being super curious about that back in the day because it was uh it felt like it was taking that left for dead sort of like co-op pve in a different direction um yeah but also where there are like skill trees and like different things to spec into and like different guys are better at different aspects of like robbing a bank and stuff like that so um like does it kind of give off a vibe in that area or is that kind of no because we don't see any any gameplay whatsoever it's like a minute maybe and it's not even animated like everything is freeze like uh, frozen in time it's just panning over like what you get basically is there's a map you're in a garage of some kind there's a guy fixing a vehicle and there's a pile of of loot on the back of this vehicle that's all you you get so you can you can glean some things from that but like it feels like maybe it's early enough that any of that could change so is that really anything it looks like it's kind of a retro setting too i think that i read a thing saying that it's set in like the 1970s that sounds right Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean that would go with the steely dan as well yeah fair that's interesting i wonder uh Um, i I know too that like gta like the open world gta has that kind of like heist mode too so i wonder if they're Oh. Uh, playing off of the success of that a little bit. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. And I, I never really got into, um, I never really had a big friend group that could do a lot of like online co-op things. Mm-hmm. So I never got into payday or like rainbow six or, um, uh, uh, even you just mentioned it. Love for dead. Love for dead. Yeah. Um, but I could see that being fun. I had Left 4 Dead 2 on the Xbox, I think, and I played that with my brothers occasionally. And that was pretty fun. There was... It's kind of hard. Couldn't always clear those levels, which I think was like a really interesting challenge for a co-op game for us. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Valve made games? They made Half-Life Alex. They did. They did make that. After they took Campo Santo. Right. Yeah, that was the offering. That was the monkey's paw. Yeah. What else we got in this list? Let's see. There is um, there are two games that are made for my brain specifically. Yeah. The first one is Bear and Breakfast. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. I this there, there was a trailer out um last year at some point. There was, and that's that's when I first was introduced to it. But the the okay. setup is essentially it's a a two D really chill management game in which you are setting up a bed and breakfast out in the woods. Uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of like 
decorative like simsiness to it but i think there's also going to be maybe a crafting element to it as well uh but the thing that was interesting with this recent trailer is that they showed there is a like a plot through line and some lore Mm. like to this thing because there's some ethereal like bird presence out in the woods that is threatening (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, and so okay. and so we learn that maybe there's more it's not all just fluffy wholesome shit there is a bit right. of uh there's something dark out in the woods and there's a there's a there's kind of where that tension kind of hits it's not just like a stardew valley where you know you go about your time you do you, you know water your stuff you run your farm as you're like at your comfort there's yeah. there's something else that's uh maybe going to be adding some tension to the video game which is fun yeah that sounds cool. I'll, and also, um, you are a bear in the video game. Oh, yeah, true. You do play as a bear, which is where the bear and breakfast part comes in, which is yeah. very intriguing to me because bears are my favorite animal. And uh, okay, I, I just I do appreciate them very much. If you combined a tank with a dog and made it live in the forest, that's what a bear is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it, basically. That's why you see all those uh, bear mounted turrets. It's true. Yeah, we got it. We need to keep our family safe. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a smaller one that I think might have debuted. I don't know if it was PC Gamer or if it was Summerfest or something. But uh, Tinykin is like a love letter to Pikmin in which it's doing a uh, kind of a 2D Paper Mario thing, but in a th- like 3D open, not open world, but like 3D levels. And mm-hmm. you get these tiny little alien guys that you use to solve puzzles around uh this setting which is kind of a a honey i shrunk the kids like doing puzzles throughout like some kid's bedroom or office or something to uh oh yeah to progress through these levels um looks really charming it is when is it i think it's coming out i don't think it's soon i think it's actually slated for 2022 um okay so but yeah, that thing just looks neat, and I appreciate Pikmin very much as a genre of like you know managing a bunch of little guys to to do bigger things in an environment. So yeah. Speaking of uh, Nintendo properties, though, do you want to go into Breath of the Wild too? Let's go into Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, this is I think this is the last thing on my list. Um, it's the thing that everybody was hoping would be a uh, uh, part of Nintendo's presentation. And they had something for us. Um, it's it was a, a a bit more of a trailer. It reveals a little bit more about the world and what you'll be doing and what the world looks like. Um, and we are given a loose date of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so time will tell if that's get that gets uh, pushed back again. But um, it what it didn't show was what people were speculating about when the previous trailer was uh, was teased, uh, which was any Zelda at all. We were all very hopeful that maybe we'd get to play as Zelda. Maybe you'd get to play as both. Uh, that's not entirely off the table in this trailer, but also knowing Nintendo, I mean, Zelda is a game where you play as Link. I don't I don't think it's it's anyone should get their hopes up for. Yeah, th- there was nothing it. in that trailer that like I know some people were like, oh well, technically you don't see Link's face with like the longer billowing hair. It's like, but it, it sure. is though. Like it, it, is, it totally though. is. And it's, I'm not saying that there isn't a chance that in a different chunk of that game that maybe you do play a Zelda. But there's nothing in the trailer that 
indicates that that's on the table for me. Um, right. Which I think is a shame because it would be interesting if they uh, like took that step and like acknowledged yeah. that people wanted that. But also I don't think Nintendo is one to ever like really heavily consider outside feedback for absolutely for no stuff you know no the um, nintendo is the company who folks on twitter will speculate endlessly about here's here's the coolest version of what the next thing in this ip could be and then nintendo announces that they have a trailer coming and everybody gets excited about all the things that they've been talking about and nintendo comes out and like oh have you been talking Oh, that's nice. Okay, here's what we've got. Here's what we've, got. Here's what we've been working on. <laughs> here's what Does you can do. Like this? Link can go through surfaces now. <laughs> Is that anything? Yeah. Do people like that? <laughs> they are uh, uh, perpetually just not reading the room. Just unaware and, and uh, uh, just not interested, <laughs> disinterested entirely in the fact that there is a room to read. Right, which, you know, it goes back and forth in terms of how frustrating and like cool that can be like sometimes they come up with something out of left field entirely that is really monumental and fun and sometimes they're just like yep here's it's a pokemon snap again enjoy (laughs) money please yeah right no it can it can mean like they are not going to play as reactionaries to what the rest of the uh, uh, games industry is doing and you get a really interesting game like breath of the wild or it can it can be something that ends up really bland and like doesn't seem like it has much to say they've always consistently been the strangest like technologically conservative yet out of the box thinkers (laughs) like really just doing a lot with not that much so consistently over time that it like it's uh it boggles the mind a little bit they really are a very weird company. Because, like, the Switch operating system still kind of sucks. Like, have you... It's, oh, yeah. Like every, like, every time I go into, like, the eShop, I'm always just thinking, wow, this runs so bad, and everything loads yeah. so slow. Why and can't I have it to f- just run? And I have to fight it. <laughs> it does feel like you're fighting, yes. Um, so... Which, I don't know, maybe your bank account appreciates that level of friction oh yeah i'm sure that's what nintendo's doing they're trying to get you to spend less money on their shit yeah that's what it is we know that a lot of children are using our uh our platform and so we don't we want to make it as difficult as possible to buy something that you might like and i wouldn't even be surprised if they fucking said that either that's the thing like if they came out and said that like it'd be like oh of course oh nintendo they could do that um oh well um uh, I was I was gonna get into more about this trailer for for Botu Two. Okay, I've also, I've been calling. Okay, you abbreviate Breath of the Wild as B O T W. I've been saying that as Botu in my head. Okay, for years. Uh, and so I'm having a kind of crisis internally as to what to call Breath of the Wild Two. Uh, so I really can't wait until it has an actual name. Um, yeah, right. You know, you know, they're I'm, not gonna. That's not like the name, right? right which yeah, is intriguing because no, yeah. like they came out and was like hey it we're not calling it breath of the wild 2 but the actual name would give away too much right. so we're gonna keep that no, close yeah, they, to our chest it's yeah they've never called it that they they aren't 
calling it that now. They keep saying the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Got it. Very specifically. Um, it's just easier to say Breath of the Wild 2, I guess. Yeah. But now I'm really hoping that it's called Botu, like B-O-T-W-O. Like you flip, or like you just add an, a, an O to, I mean, this is nothing. Uh, what do we got? We got, uh, there's some like, Midna looking shit in there. Like, um, what game was that? That was, uh, Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess. There's some Twilight Princess looking stuff in there. There's, um, very heavily, uh, the, the whole trailer is very heavily themed towards like time travel and reversing time. There seems to be some kind of time reversing power that Link has. Mm -hmm. Also, it seems like Link is using powers just with some kind of, maybe mechanical maybe otherwise arcane arm like it's just coming from his arm instead of the sheikah slate from the previous game boy got a robo arm magic robot boy arm. got a robo arm what else did we get yeah okay so like speaking on the zelda thing at the very beginning of the trailer we get her falling down into a chasm and like reaching back up towards you oh save me link and my the place my brain go my brain goes to two places mm -hmm. when i see this the cynical route is, okay, we're going to save Zelda again. Mm. Fine. Uh, but also, speaking on the interesting creative side, uh, it could mean, like, the previous trailer was looked to be Zelda and Link exploring, like, the tombs beneath Hyrule. Which yes. sounds fucking cool. So, uh like that to me could also open up and this is me doing all of that like yep yep 100 talking and hype for nintendo that they're never maybe it's like split between there, there's a world in which this could be split between zelda is like doing some kind of archaeological dig beneath hyrule and link is above ground doing link things like you're you're exploring in the sky there's also some like you know skyward sword shit you're in the skies above hyrule I would eat that up. I, I do. That would be great. That's super, super interesting. Yeah. Like they're not going to do that. So we have to, no. we have to kill that. We have to squash all hope within our hearts. It's just going to be saving Zelda again. But the th like I, the, they could absolutely go back to the well of like, Oh, there's two worlds. Like the thing yeah. that they've done so many times in so many other Zelda games that have been super interesting. Like, uh, uh, link to the past does that ocarina of time mm -hmm. does that to a degree where you're going back and forth through time uh right. and i would love it i like i i yeah. love that weird ethereal duality of magical thinking that yeah. leads to that place and in a in a zelda game it's just uh and it, it could be a, a nostalgic thing too right like playing into that but sure thematically it just clicks with me so much yeah it's cool. I don't know. That shit's cool. And like it, the tone of the trailer is very much like we're playing in a space where maybe that's what we're doing. That seems like it could be a possibility. Right. Because it, dark, dark high rule. There's so much. Oh God. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that so much. Right. Um, cause there's a lot of like weird reverse audio stuff and like, right. Like, uh, embedded homages to other like things and I, there's sound effects that sound a lot like twilight princess yeah uh there's yeah. a reversed audio of like the original breath of the wild uh right trailer music i guess which i'd never heard yeah, before yeah. um yeah i mean that would be like i don't know 2014 2015 at this point right 
Uh, so who knows? Maybe they're all just playing a fucking joke on us and there's not really a whole lot to be hidden. Yeah. Right. Uh, in this new installment, it'll just be like, hey, we're going to try Breath of the Wild again, but this time Link go through wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Which has- what you're referring to is there's a point in the trailer where he appears to like zip upward through a cliff and then goes through the rock of the cliff itself using the robot arm yeah yeah uh which looks cool i got i mean i don't know how you have to show me why it's interesting in gameplay like are we solving puzzles with it are we like using it in combat situations yeah uh it by itself it's nothing but you know we'll we'll right they uh, i feel like they're always cool like yeah this is this is this like we're not at that point yet this is the stage where it's like here are some of the things that we have to tease. We're not at the stage of like, this is what you were doing in this game yet. Yeah. This could still come out like holiday 2022, right? Yeah, for all we know. Easily. Yeah. Um, it, so it's, I, I'm now trying to compare it to the Elden ring trailer that we got in my mind. And mm. like, is there as much, is there a similar amount of meat on these bones? And I think you pro- there's probably more, it's interesting because I want to say there's more in the Elden Ring trailer, but also it's a FromSoft game. So there's you could play that game and still not know anything. Yeah. And when I saw the Elden Ring trailer, too, I was just like, oh, OK, so it's I mean, it's a different visually from a Dark Souls, but like mechanically, functionally, yeah. it seems like a Dark Souls plus a horse and maybe some open world stuff, you know? Yeah, um, that's fine. Yes. Did oh. you see that dragon hold a thunderbolt? Mm, that was sick. I forget. There, the, like there's a very cool there's a lot of things. there was there was some yeah there's a lot going there's some boss with a bunch of arms i remember all the arms yeah yeah there's a hand that crawls towards you like a spider pretty cool there's a guy in a pot that everybody's very oh into. yeah the, like the pot goblin or whatever right yeah yeah um, go look up the elden ring trailer if you want to know what the fuck we're talking about yeah yeah if, if nothing else the Elden Ring trailer does look very cool regardless of, i like i played that first dark souls game and i enjoyed it but i'm not like a dark souls head you know yeah no I, I don't I've never finished a, a FromSoft game and mm. I've 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 played a bunch of Dark Souls. I've gotten I, I wouldn't know like how to say where I've gotten to maybe maybe halfway, maybe two thirds. Do you remember through the first Dark Souls? Do you remember where specifically you were at? I think we've talked about this exact thing. Was it right before I was it Ornstein Smog? Yes. Yeah, that's usually where I fall, fall off. I I'm trying to think of that might be like two thirds okay maybe mm, i don't know it's hard to, the, and then i yeah I, I i've never played two or three or demon souls and i once started bloodborne at a friend's house mm-hmm. and that's all i got so yeah not not big uh from soft stands on this cast i feel like if he gave me three i could i would sink i would like probably go through that whole game yeah um all right i'll do that at some point yeah um cool that might be about it for e3 what do you what do you got the last thing do you remember the game titan souls yes yeah so that was a that was an indie game that kind of came out of nowhere and the whole premise of it was basically like oops all bosses more or less right um you it was a, a 2d game where you just played as a guy with a bow bone arrow and you could shoot the you could shoot the arrow and you could hold the button to call it back and then you could right you just have the one arrow and there was a dodge roll and that was basically it and so the 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 premise is that 
I don't remember the premise so much, but more or less you were working through these different like sections of the world and beating different interesting bosses uh, and just kind of learning their patterns and stuff. It was kind of a hard game, but like once you gave it the appropriate amount of patience, you could start to learn the patterns of the bosses. Like, cause there was always like a way to beat a boss. You just kind of had to, again, like give it enough time to, yeah. Let your mind poke around with uh with what we're doing. Anyway, so those developers are making a new game that kind of looks like a spiritual continuation of that called Death's Door. Um it's a similar isometric style, though everything is in 3D, and you play a crow hmm. with a sword, and I think your job is to like retrieve souls. Like I think you work for like a weird corporate thing where your day job is like you clock in you go through a portal and you retrieve souls and you come back and that's your day job uh huh okay but then something this looks very pretty yeah something happens where the soul that you are assigned to gets stolen and that leads you into a world in which you are now again it looks like fighting through a bunch of crazy looking bosses Uh in these okay in these fights uh so uh yeah, I'm just excited that Acid Nerves coming out with something else because again, Titan Souls I thought did really well and was a fantastic video game. Um, I do yeah. remember. Full, I remember it being talked up a lot. Yeah, it got a lot of coverage. Yeah, and I, I I I full cleared it, and I thought even the full clear ending and like the final final boss of that game was very cool and weird. Uh, nice. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just good to see they're still around and that they're making something that stylistically looks very fresh. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, there was there there was a lot of like, I feel like the indies really were were the highlight of this E three. Like we didn't get a, a ton from big names that maybe a lot of people wanted, but there were a lot of interesting little games all over the place. There was yeah, there was a lot of spotlight a spotlight on them too. Again, like yeah. the Summer Games Fest and uh, like PC Game Gamer Show and. Maybe even to a degree, Devolver stuff. I did not watch Devolver's thing. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't care about their shtick anymore. I I understand it's, what they're doing. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think you're right though. And I, I tried to go through and look at as many of those little indie games as I could. But there's just again, there was a lot that was you know, a lot yeah. that was released or uh, uh, teased and talked about that um, it was tough to keep up with. Yeah. No. Yeah. There. Were, and uh, again, because it was so like sporadic and and just kind of all over the place and not the usual e3 it, it felt harder to a degree to keep track of all of this um day of the devs was one that um people kept talking about people kept saying i missed that but i heard there was a lot of good stuff and i still haven't watched it so i missed that but i heard there was a lot of good stuff yeah and you know now that i'm thinking about it too the uh the devs behind virginia actually showed off their new game there too that's another one okay i I, uh i don't know if i'm excited for their new game but i've got enough i liked what they did with virginia enough to where i'm like i'm on board with whatever else they're doing Uh, yeah that could be cool yeah virginia was a good example of like it it was a game that felt like a movie but they i think they did it right um yeah it was very cinematic and there wasn't like like their vision for the thing was just so cut and dry that uh just go play everyone should go play virginia it's just it's a really cool game i don't remember how that game ended maybe it's just been long enough that 
I don't know. It, it's short from what I remember, so maybe I'll dip back into that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you got 90 minutes, go play it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I remember liking it, though. Um, yeah, there was there was new showings from um, uh, some of the folks who made uh, Inside and Limbo. I think, I think that team split, and both splits have something coming. And, and showed things off. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I would have figured uh, after the success of Inside that they would have, you know, stuck together. But yeah, I don't know. You never know. Um, yeah, I think that's about all that that grabbed me. Again, it was like a very slapdash E3, and so there's still like things I feel like I, I need to go back and and brush up on. It feels like that every E3, a little bit. Mm. But the the good stuff will, you know, rise to the surface like it always does. Um, right. You know, not not all of these games are going to hit the mark. Yeah. No, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised I'm not more excited about Starfield, and I'm not sure if it's just because I'm not excited by that premise or if I'm, like, I'm good on space games for a little while. I mean, it could. It, again, it's you've you've sampled the wares of Bethesda. You know what those right. games feel yeah. like, and I I don't know. Right. Like it feels like they're really going to have to emphasize some system really hard, or like do something super unique to get you interested in what they might be doing. Right. Yeah. So that that remains to be seen. Um, did we see anything from Arcane? Yes. Uh, Arcane is making a co-op roguelike PVE in which you are vampire hunters. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. Back, yes. Back for this Blood is, I think, the name of it. Back for Blood. Yes. No, I remember that, I remember that because um, we were watching that just before I had to bounce for a video call, and the title came up on screen, and Lauren went, Back Blood 4. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You never think um, about the back blood. It's very important. It's very important. It's just as important as the front blood. Yeah, but we got a cinematic trailer for whatever that thing is, and I'm assuming it's going to be a Left for Dead co-op shooter thing. Yeah. There's a lot I of those this sense. year. Anacrusis is also Coming another one back. of those. Which Will Smith is working on, actually. Um, Excuse me? He's been doing game development for a month. Wow. Yeah, so he's part of that team doing that video game as well interesting okay yeah not not that will smith not the movie star will smith for anyone my my sister started listening to this podcast and she doesn't know who the game dev will smith is so i feel the need to clarify it's not it's not the fresh prince it's yeah it's not the one you think of you're thinking (laughs) of yeah well that's cool um is that e3 I think that's E3, um, and we'll uh, we'll see what shape it takes next year. I'm not optimistic it's going to retain its f- like usual form. Yeah, but I guess that's fine. You know, it was a it was a good run, and something else will probably come in to take all that attention. But uh, and somewhere in a dark basement, Jeff Keeley rubbing his hands together excitedly. Oh yeah, this is all going according to plan diving into a a scrooge mcduck sized safe of 500 dollars (laughs) bills all with uh hideo kojima's face on them yeah yeah yeah. 
that's a lot of games uh we should probably take a break let's break okay break me off a piece of that e3 bar (laughs) (laughs) hey what's in this (laughs) all right hello we are back we thought we were going to keep on going i I think we're going to cut it a little bit short because uh we're both kind of tired and we talked about a lot of video games but uh um mike you wanted to send us off as we started reminiscing on uh your beautiful blue friend sonic it's the sonic roundup baby everybody's super sonic racing etc so um yeah it's it is sonic's birthday today the day we're recording this um so now we can date ourselves you you can tell how long it takes us to get these things up um yeah, so it's there's been a bunch of stuff for Sonic's 30th anniversary this year. Um, there was, I think I talked about the Sonic Central a couple of weeks ago. I, I think it was just before E3. Um, there were some announcements um, of, of a few Sonic things that are, that are coming this year and next. Uh, so like Sonic Colors and a, a remaster of the classic Sonics 1, 2, 3, and CD is coming. Uh, mm. to all platforms oh, right yeah so they, those can actually um, be in like you know hd resolutions now right right and well also i wrote about this a little bit that um sonic 3 hasn't been seen for a while uh true and it has been speculated and also somewhat confirmed by by people somewhat close to working with sonic team that uh it's because of michael jackson's uh estate and uh issues with music licensing because he he worked on the soundtrack to Sonic 3. I completely forgot about that. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's been a while. I like a couple of consoles I've owned. I've been like when I had my 3DS, I I, I owned both Sonic 1 and 2, the, the Sonic 1 and 2 ports on there and I was like, "Where's Sonic 3?" And then the Switch came out and I was like, "Where's Sonic 3?" Uh and then I remembered <laughs> when this happened that hey, it's taken a while because they have to work through some things. So Yeah. Uh, a, that'll be exciting to play again. Uh, be interesting to see which way they went. Like, did they replace the music, or did they actually find a way to to work together? But yeah, that's. Do you think they have the money to? I guess I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what shape they're in. The, the Sonic Three OSTs value is to uh, the Jackson Estate yeah no idea that's so that's all a a very weird like tangled web um but that's coming back so i'm excited to play that again um and maybe i will play through sonic cd for the first time in my life um what about 3d blast what about 3d blast i've i've played a little bit of 3d blast you know what i could get into it i could probably get into it i kind of like 3d blast it's kind of shit but i kind of i kind of like it i I remember one time i did try to play through and beat it like all the way through and oh yeah classic and this was way after it like i was probably 22 years old oh yeah 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 and no your brain has to fully develop before you can grok (laughs) what's going on in 3d blast and I feel like I was in the fifth world and it was a classic mistake of Genesis on the ground. Someone in the apartment took a wrong step, froze oh. the game, uh, broke my heart. Never tried to beat Shit. it again because why would I do that? Yeah, right. Of course. No. Um, quick side note. Uh, during the filming of my, my Sonic video for his, for his birthday, I 
I think I knew this already, but I rediscovered the fact that my Genesis is just dead. It does oh. not switch on. Yeah. Mm. A real shame. Um, rip to a real one. Um, never again will I play Tiny Toon Adventures Buster's Hidden Treasure. I wonder if that's the same one as the one on the Super Nintendo. I don't think it is. Not sure. Sonic Roundup. Uh, <laughs> what, what else do we have in Sonic Roundup? There, one quick thing that I can note is uh, there was a very cool um, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, Symphony Orchestra performance today uh, that is archived on YouTube. It was live streamed, but it was it was just like, you know, put out on their YouTube channel. So you can look that up and I highly recommend it. Uh, it was it was very cool. I, I I don't remember which which symphony this is that we're hearing play the the dulcet tones of the Sonic verse, but um, they had it nicely paced and like chunked out into classic Sonic tunes. Then like it, it basically followed console generations. Um, so like Genesis CD Saturn. Um, and then when we got to modern Sonic, uh, my friends crush 40 joined the fold and played together in harmony with, uh, this symphony orchestra. Jesus. And that worked. It worked. I mean, it worked for me. Will it work for you? I don't know, but it worked for me. I I have to take a look at this purely out of morbid curiosity. Like very good. Usually the, usually the orchestral game stuff works very well because again, you're, when you get people at that caliber to do any music, it's usually beautiful. It's usually a very good time. Yeah. Uh, it was also very fun to see the um, lead guitarist of Crush 40's um, uh, uh, various and ever-changing Sonic the Hedgehog-themed guitars. Oh, multiple multiple guitar changes. Multiple guitars, yes. Okay, that's fun. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I got to see those. That was good stuff. Um, if if you've if you've ever you know dabbled in the Sonic verse, it's a fun little like uh, uh, tip of the hat to years achieved. You know um, that's a nice thing. And then I think the the final thing in my Sonic roundup I think is that Sonic is coming to Minecraft. Oh yeah, or indeed may be in Minecraft. I think that I already speak. got released. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so. If you've been waiting for me to get back into Minecraft, boy, now's the time. Did they do a Chow Garden thing as well in Minecraft, or is it just there's a Sonic skin? Um, I'm not sure if there's a Chow Garden, but they, no, there there may be because they they showed off some Chow. Um, That's fucking wild. But you can you can play as Sonic, you can play as Tails, Knuckles, Amy, maybe Blaze. I'm not sure, um, but you can all like hang out in this little garage and like Tails is working on the the tornado. Uh, his plane it looks very cool and i'm I'm probably gonna go check it out it's so funny i think to it's me only how yeah good sorry i i think it's only on the like new xbox pc version of minecraft not the java version so i'm probably gonna have to buy it but it's for sonic the things we do for sonic yeah it's so funny to me how formative the chow garden was for so many people because like yeah that uh, just yeah yeah that's it i have fond memories of the chow garden yeah 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 because you, I, I you raised them and then you like made them compete in different activities right oh right yeah i i didn't do that so much actually what did you do um just kind of just kind of vibed i don't know <laughs> just kind of hung yeah 
you you can make it look like a gorilla you can make it look like a dragon the chows you can make it good you can make it evil yeah 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 they're these little animals that you you pick up throughout the world in sonic adventure 2 and then you bring them back to the chow garden and you hand him to the chow and he's like i guess it's what i am now too <laughs> it's, it's pretty great what a maniacal premise yeah is this me father is this so I guess what you want I, me to be i guess when i say i just kind of hung out and vibed what i mean is i played god yeah that's always the fun parts of of those games i mean that's not yeah it's not too dissimilar from why i enjoyed like monster rancher right like you got to shape these weird creature like these weird digital creatures in ways that would make them performant at fighting other monsters yeah more or less um but you did other things though too wow i really want to i really just got the urge to start up monster rancher 2 again on my playstation yeah yeah, that's I'm. I think that's my Sonic Roundup. I just wanted to to end with that because it's his birthday, and I'm me. And I appreciate you sharing. Um, it's always it's always very endearing and enlightening to me when uh, people can expound on why different bits of media mean so much to them. So um, I appreciate that as well as I uh, I'm sure our, our listeners do as well. Um, Speaking of which, thank you so much for for listening and supporting us uh, just through listening. It's uh, always very nice to see that there are a consistent few of you that are still downloading our our little weird show. Yes, I I don't look at the numbers, so I'm just assuming that Zach isn't lying to me. And and there really are people out there who who take us in. We get downloads, I promise. That's incredible. Mike, do you have anything going on? You said you want to plug your, your Sonic video again. You got anything else going on? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, just moments before uh, uh, stepping on this call from Zach set live um, a video talking all about Sonic the Hedgehog for his 30th birthday. It'll it'll be probably a week old by the time you hear it, but uh, views of you. Um, so check me out at uh, you can find that at YouTube.com slash Egan works. Um, if you like what you do, you can always uh, throw something my way at Patreon.com slash Egan works as well. And uh, you can find me all over the place uh, through those places as well. And uh, if you want to find me, my ass will be firmly planted in front of uh, my partner Becca's tank. Uh, we just got some shrimp and snails in, and uh, they're acclimating to the tank very well. And it's fascinating to watch them in a similar way that you do a Christmas hearth. I will be watching these little aquatic animals live their life. I thought for sure this was going to be Mario Golf. I did not expect real earth aquatic life. I'll, I'll get into them sometime. I'll send you some pictures. They're, they're delightful. Oh, my God. Okay. Why wasn't this the podcast? My, my energy's through the roof now. Because we had, fu- <laughs> <'cause> we had <laughs> fucking E3 gamer brain. Well, I can't wait. And listener, I hope you will join me in joining us next time for Zach's aquatic update. You have to put in some kind of like bubble sound effect for Zach's. Oh, you're update. right. I could just get the bubble noise from Sonic. For when he drowns, you mean? Yeah, perfect. Oh, or like when he. In- oh, yeah, when you, I was, yeah, the, the whoop, whoop, that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that sound effect. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye bye.